Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. As it stands right now, today, this is a fact. Only five men in franchise history have lasted more games as a 49ers head coach. Only five men in world history have coached more games than what Kyle Shanahan's been allowed to coach for the 49ers. Only seven coaches have had better winning percentages, and no, we will not include the 1,000 winning percentage, uh, the 100 winning percentage that is Jim Tom Sula in his one interim head coaching game. We're not counting that. So only seven coaches have had better winning percentages than Kyle Shanahan. Two of them come from the 40s and 50s. We're talking like World War II style with Buck Shaw and Frankie Albert. Monty Clark only lasted one season in 1976. What happened to Monty Clark? Why did he have to go after one year when he had a successful season? Um, ownership change. Okay. Then you get the glory days of Walsh and Seaford and then Steve Mariucci coming in to, you know, sadly get fired during the end of the glory days. But give it up to Mooch. He's still got a good winning percentage, and he did so without the Hall of Fame quarterbacks that were Joe Montana or Steve Young. I mean, he had, you know, Jeff Garcia. So he's the first guy to really have a degree of success in modern football with a quarterback who isn't a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Then you get Jim Harbaugh. And then you get Kyle Shanahan. As we were talking about, like, you know, what, uh, how long could he last? Well, one of the very first things you need to be to be around football for a long time anywhere as a head coach is to be in that, you know, a, a good age. How old do you think Kyle Shanahan is? Mid-40s. Without, without, yeah, but younger than mid I mean... Would you say that 43 qualifies as mid? To me, you're not mid until you're five. He's 43 years old. That's it. And he just turned 43, like in December. This is a young man's young man still, much less a young man to be an NFL head coach. He's young. In terms of tenure, Bill Walsh coached more games and more complete seasons than any other head coach in 49ers franchise history. Bill Walsh coached 152 regular season games, 10 full seasons as 49ers head coach. Kyle trails Bill Walsh by only 54 games coached. I mean, three more seasons, which I believe is what he's guaranteed right now under the contract that he's working under, three more seasons gets him to 51 more games coached unless, you know, he were to have to take a leave of absence due to some unforeseeable 
complication. That leaves him four games shy of passing Bill Walsh, which would come in his 10th season to tie Bill Walsh for most consecutive full seasons coached by a 49ers head coach. Folks, unless the wheels come off or he decides to step away, which Ray said earlier, if he made that decision, you would have Jed York hanging off of his leg the way you know, Van Gundy was hanging off of Alonzo Mourning's leg at Madison Square Garden. Um, Kyle Shanahan is eventually going to be the longest tenured head coach in terms of team history or seasons or games coached. He will also be the longest gen- unnamed general manager beating Bill Walsh because Bill Walsh ran his roster too. And that's the other thing that they have in common is that they were the last word. They got player personnel under their control so they could put players in the vision of the team that they had. And that's an enormous advantage if you know what you're doing. And I think at this point it's fair to say that Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. And in fact, if you take out the first two years of his tenure when he was working with other coaches, players, and other general managers' visions... He's forty six and twenty six. I mean, it's right. I mean, I, that's yeah. the, I was starting the timeline at the beginning of his timeline. Oh no, no, no! no. I get that. Timelines. I get that. But really once impressive. he got his ideas across, not only conceptually but in reality, he's winning two out of every three games, and of that of that group, the only two that ever did, you know, similarly are Harbaugh and Seifert. Even Walsh needed two years of run-up. Since 2019, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have won the fifth most games in football. Since 2019, the Chiefs have won 52 games. The Bills and Packers have won 47 games. The Ravens have won 43 games. What do all those teams have? They have all-world quarterbacks. Like I'm very comfortable calling Lamar Jackson an all-world quarterback. Certainly, both the Packers and the Bills have enjoyed an all-world quarterback, and the Chiefs enjoy the best quarterback play there is in the entire sport. 49ers have won 42 games in the same time the Chiefs have won 52 games. It's pretty damn impressive. When you want to you know, get granular, when you want to dial in on the weeks that have gone wrong for Kyle, it feels like some of the weeks have gone so wrong you want to rewrite the referendum about who he might be or who he is. And then you forget the things that are told to us by people who are truly NFL insiders who understand how other coaches go about poaching good ideas from other coaches. And then you then realize that there isn't a single rushing attack that isn't poaching what Kyle does every single week and now does with, with Christian McCaffrey. So it's, it's gotten a tad overwhelming. And man, you look at how this whole week just set up perfectly for them. It was, it was perfect. They got out to their big lead. It was comfortable. Everyone knew that they, it was staying right there. You got to pull McCaffrey. You got to pull Bosa off the field. You got to pull Debo off the field. Got to pull Trent Williams off the field. Mooney Ward off the field. Like they really got the perfect final week of the regular season served up to them. Or they created it for themselves. It wasn't served to them. They made their own luck, obviously. But it could not have started 
in a weirder, more awkward way. Again, two of their first three games were dumped to the team that's going to have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft and the team that was you know, synonymous with the smoking dumpster going down the river that you see all the time on Twitter. They lost the Chicago Bears and the Denver Broncos, two teams that were awful all year long. It got off to an awful start because maybe that was Kyle's arrogance trying to jam the not-ready-to-play draft pick that I spent all my capital to acquire over a guy that when he was back probably should have been the choice. Jimmy right from the get-go. And he might have been wrong about both of those because we're officially looking at Brock Purdy getting to establish himself as, you know... I mean, Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl this year, right? It's where, where is where is he on the all-time 49ers quarterback wins list? He goes immediately in front of Jeff Garcia, and then you can argue about what he needs to do to close the gap with the other two guys who we all know go off one and two. And there you go. John Brody, maybe. There you go. That's the list, and Purdy would find himself on it in six regular season starts in one postseason run. It's amazing. It's not supposed to happen like this. That's for sure. No, but a lot of things weren't that happened in the NFL this year weren't supposed to happen the way this did. I mean, you're not supposed to be three and seven and make the playoffs the way Jacksonville did. How many games in a row did the Packers lose to start their year? Weren't they one and five at one point? Yeah, I mean, but, were- that, but but you still had ten games to fix it, right? The uh, the Jag- the Jags had seven. I mean, and they were coming off being one in sixteen, with arguably the worst coach in NFL history. And I would put Urban Meyer's tenure in Jacksonville absolutely at the top of that list. We, we will get into that in just a second. But somebody here four one five on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, Damon, would you say all the same things if Jimmy had won the Super Bowl? No, we wouldn't have to say anything because Super Bowls speak for themselves. They completely speak for themselves. You don't need to justify what just happened with the Super Bowl. Although, had they won the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback, that would have been a little weird this year. It would have been weird. You know, the GM would have to admit, but for his shoulder surgeon, he's probably not on this team. My plan was to get rid of him, but he's still here, and we won the whole ball of wax with him. It would have been weird. It would have been odd. But he wouldn't have gotten rid of him if he had the ring on his resume. He wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance where he did. He wouldn't have had to have taken the kind of chance he did. He could have picked somebody else and then found a quarterback in the second or third or fourth round. So, you know, everything changes everything else. I mean, you know, there's a million different scenarios in the uh, in the multiverse. What's the harder feat? Winning a Super Bowl from here or having won 10 games in a row to wrap up their regular season? I'd say winning the Super Bowl. Because you're no longer playing bad teams. I mean, if they let's say they played Minnesota in the second round. Minnesota's not an easy go. Then it's Philadelphia or Dallas. Those aren't easy goes either. Then it's Kansas City or Buffalo. 
I mean, one of the things you have to say about the 49ers season and winning 10 in a row as they did is that their schedule was kind to them. I mean, one, they were playing in a surprisingly weak division. That, I mean, that's, that's not even disputable. Uh, the second thing is, played New Orleans in a year that they were awful. Played Miami in a year when, you know, their quarterbacks fell off the rail. They played Tampa, you know, who barely got into the playoffs, you know, despite the fact that Tom Brady threw nearly 750 times this year. It's the most any quarterback has ever thrown in the history of the sport. That's how that's how unbalanced the the Tampa offense is. They beat Washington, who's terrible. And they beat the Raiders, who are double terrible. So, at least that way, you can look at those ten games they won in a row. Oh, and I forgot they started the streak beating the Rams, who just fight you know who may be looking for a new coach. So. They had the benefit of a number of easy games for a good team to be, to play. That's why I think it'll be harder for them to win four games now than the ten games they just won. So you would have said that the Seahawks are an easy week of football in the regular season. Would you say the same thing about them now? If I believe that the the... Sunday, Saturday's game is going to go the way the first two did. Yeah, that would be an easy game for them because they've handled them twice. They've gotten off the early leads and just sat on them. Do I think that will happen again? I don't know. Every game is different. But Seattle is in many ways the, you know, the ideal team for them to play in the first round because Seattle doesn't tackle. They certainly don't tackle running backs very well. I mean, Green Bay is better at tackling running backs than... Seattle is so Green, Green Bay actually had some really good defensive play down the stretch. Yeah, I mean that, that. I think in some ways, Green Bay's defense would have carried it because I think their offense was shambolic. By the way, in the uh, latest update about how uh, Green Bay's defense was playing yesterday, we go to Dan Campbell live on tape. Come on, these these nuts. <laughs> About the Lions, right? You can retire that one. No, it would, uh, no, no, no. We need this one. We need this one, too. doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. Ask the Packers. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to take your other kneecap. Does Aaron Rodgers have any knees left today? I didn't see it. I didn't see his knees at the press conference. I don't even know if, he's, if he can bend his legs. Oh, he had enough time to rip the local media and then play coy about whether he's retiring or not. Let the drama just, I mean, just, he threw it right into, I'm going to be a huge pain in the ass this offseason. Oh, mode. yeah. He's not leaving 30, $91 million on the table. I'll just, I'll be, I'll just give you a spoiler alert there. It feels nuts. It feels like it's nuts. And that's, here's the thing, it's actually a pretty decent team. Like, he shouldn't want to just get me out of here. This isn't working anymore. No, he want he wants to make Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, sweat he again. Does. Only I think Gutekunst probably would say, "Fine, I can take that ninety million and splash it somewhere else." Now, the first place he'd have to splash it is a quarterback because Jordan Love ain't it. But Aaron Rodgers is not leaving that kind of money on the table. Just not. There's no chance. I saw him say at his press conference, "Money's energy." He might not need that energy. 
Yeah, he's full of crap. Yeah, D- try to try to pay your mortgage with energy. See how oh, that goes. He, that's not that's not the issue. That it's not yeah, he's needed. Got money it's that. wanted. Right. Uh, and and he look he he let Devontae Adams go so he could get this contract. He's not walking away from it off one year and off one loss to the Lions. The 49ers are spectacular front runners. That's why when the Cardinals struck first on that gadget play, you know, two two plays, 80 yards to open the game. I think everybody at Levi Stadium gulped once. And then Purdy came right down and they answered and it was 7-7 seven, seven, and you're seven, like 6. Seven, that's right, 7-6 seven, because they missed the 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 point after. Uh, but, you know, that's what's different about Brock Purdy with the Niners and anyone else who has quarterbacked the team this year. All of a sudden, being down six to nothing, seven to nothing, doesn't feel like, uh oh. No, it, it really doesn't. I mean, I expect them to score when they get the ball. I, I just, I'm expecting it. San Francisco scored 33 points in five, uh, 33 or more points in five out of the six games that Brock Purdy has started. Purdy's been a 67% passer since taking over with. 1,374 yards, 13 touchdown passes against four interceptions. He's also got a rushing touchdown. He just has an an impossible to describe level of confidence because there's probably never, ever in the history of football been a third-string quarterback who emulated, or, or I guess what's the word I'm looking for, that projected so much confidence over a football locker room. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts that this is all happening. And because, you know, it was 7-6 to six and then what? The Niners ripped off, I mean, you know, what, what was it? A 31-7 to seven run after that? They were in the barn so early that they didn't need to worry about taking guys out. Now, Nick Bosa... Did you want to keep playing just one sack away from Alden's team record? No, I talked to him early in the week, and my main goal was to lead the league. And we got a lot a lot more important things to do, so I'm just happy I got that. And I think we were the number one defense. I think we got it. That's another big one we wanted, too. So. Yeah, you got it, all right. You got it. And Bosa, a career-high NFL leading 18.5 sacks, one off of Alden's record. Um, when it came to scoreboard watching, Bosa said he was actually out of town sack watching, and it just happened to be the Eagles games that he had his eye on. We were actually monitoring the Eagles, Hassan Reddick, and he didn't have any yet, so they, I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. I got it. All right. Defensive player of the year. He's got it wrapped up. There's there's just no doubt. Guy was unbelievable. Uh, what do you do when you're not at the actual facility there, Nick? I sit on my couch and I fill my game-ready machine with ice and I prop my legs up. I watch some shows and then I go to bed at 8.30. I wake up and get to work. <laughs> just Mr. Excitement. He, yeah, he projects... A level of joie de vivre that you rarely find in a football player. There may he's, he's basically he's an insurance salesman with pants and a helmet. There may be no wider gap in 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 sports linguistic history 
of laid back presentation and one man wrecking crew when he's actually playing. I mean, he sounds he, he, he sounds he, like he is he sounds like a San Diego beach bum. He's working very hard to be as uninteresting as possible on the mistaken belief that people will leave him alone. When the truth is, people are only going to leave him alone when he stops being a dynamic player. But it's this is how he was at Ohio State, too. I mean, he For is... the same reason, though. I mean, just at Ohio State, it's bred into you. Oh, I think Don't this is who he is. Line. I mean, this is just who he is. It might be, but I, I also know that most great players either want to engage the media fully or they want to avoid the media fully. And I think he's a guy who, if he was never asked another question again, would be delighted. Of course. Because his brother is like that, that. too. (laughs) He just... The the voice does not match the body. Not at all. Not at all. By the way, Brandon Ayuk again. You want to talk about the most consistent producers on this team? Guys who are there game in, game out, all the time. You know... First of all, look at the interior offensive line. Remember how they were going to be the reason why this year went nowhere quickly? Not for a minute. They were very good, if not spectacular, all gosh darn year. And the one dude who we were saying, what a bust, what a wasted pick, Aaron Banks, who didn't even get on the field or dress last year, turned out to be a hell of a player this year. Spencer Burford, who's he? No one knows. Still, to this day, (laughs) no one really knows. And he has been phenomenal. Brandon Ayuk getting over a thousand yards. You know, we asked Michael Irvin, what did that mean to you in your playing days? He said it meant a lot. That is the standard number that every single kid who has ever caught footballs lays in bed dreaming about. And Brandon Ayuk said the exact same thing. He was there. I was fine. Super excited, you know, that's the mark for receivers. So that's what you think about when you train in an offseason, when you're sitting at home, throwing the ball up in the air as a kid on the on the bed. Just Thing football thousand so that was huge. It is huge. It is huge. Somebody says from the five one zero. Yeah, but falling behind early feels different in the playoffs. And you're right about that. Everything about football feels different in the playoffs. The level of speed, the pressure that everyone's under, all of it. The it, weather. It, it all intensifies. Yeah. And that might be the one thing that Seattle's really got going for it. It's going to be rainy and ugly Saturday afternoon. If you look at the way the weather's been playing out around here, it's supposed to be kind of a damp day on Saturday. That plays more into the Seahawks' favor than it does the better team's favor. I mean, an underdog's always looking for unforeseen, couldn't plan for it, difference-making moments. Wet footballs create those. Yeah, uh, and it should be noted that in six of the ten games, the 49ers in this winning streak, the other team scored first. So it's not like that's a real obstacle for these guys anymore. You guys act like this rookie quarterback is the best thing since sliced bread. He's just an average quarterback. Well, what would your we don't, argument be that he's an average quarterback? Because if you're looking at his winning percentage, he's the most successful quarterback in the history of the league. Obviously, small sample size. What he is is the perfect fit. I think he's the perfect fit for what Kyle wants done, and he's got the mentality that comes humbly hat in hand to where he's going to he's going to continue to be the perfect fit. 
Yeah, Trey Lance is going to think, man, I was a third pick in this draft. Look at what they gave up for me. If I want to freelance, if I want to go off script, if I want to razzle-dazzle, make a play, that's what I'm going to do. Brock Purdy's never going to do that. Did you see him get out of the grasp of J.J. Watt and then get absolutely blasted by Isaiah Simmons? Like he tried, he tried to run out of his sack and he ran into like a 15, 17-yard loss, right? And he was asked about that. I think Mike Silver asked him about that. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just out there kind of learning the league. And that was a humbling experience. I guess that's how fast first-rounders are. <laughs> and yeah. That's yeah. it. You know, he, this kid's got a lot to learn still, but he uh, is that, so perfectly wired to learn it the way Kyle wants it learned. I mean, that's the thing is nobody knows what kind of quarterback he's going to be. You only know what he's done so far. And what he's done is match Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers almost to the yard and made as few mistakes this year as Garoppolo did. I mean, he's, you know, the transition from Garoppolo to him has been almost eerily smooth and that's the thing you can say about him without question it's not a question of is he an average quarterback well he hasn't lost yet which means and that's above average he's thrown what three interceptions that's above average i mean meaning that few interceptions that's above average. he's been oh he's been more than okay and in this offense more than okay is perfectly fine I don't know why people need the 49er quarterback to be what the 49er quarterback isn't. If you're getting the wins, what does it matter? I mean, who are you rooting for? You're rooting for the 49er quarterback, you're rooting for the 49ers. And that's for fans. I mean, I care even less than that. All I know is the offense runs exceedingly well, and the defense allows the offense to run well enough that it can have a mediocre day and survive. He's having Jimmy Garoppolo success without the hold your breath, I can't believe the defender just dropped that pass that looked like it was intended for him balls. And he doesn't have the hospital balls. Sure, a couple balls float high, but that happens in every game. But, I mean, he does not have the consistent, hey, George Kittle's lucky to be alive after catching that football catch over and over and over again. That happened every, it happened twice a game when Jimmy was out there. And, oh, by the way, you're never going to see George Kittle rocking another Jimmy Garoppolo t-shirt. He, there, there is, without a doubt, a favorite quarterback for George Kittle. George Kittle has been seen better by Brock Purdy than Kittle sees anything wearing his Zenny eyeglasses. I mean, Kittle, since Brock Purdy took over, he leads all offensive players in the following categories. Receiving touchdowns, pro football focus receiving grade, pro football focus offensive grade. Kittle scored two touchdowns in three of his last four games. He was held to one in their Week 17 win. Of his 11 touchdowns, he's got five coming into two games against Arizona and seven in his last four games. I don't know why, but when Jimmy or Trey Lance was this team's quarterback, George Kittle was forgotten about. He was unseen. He was untargeted. He was unimpactful. Since Brock Purdy took over, George Kittle is looks like the best tight end in the world. In the world. 
Move over Travis Kelsey. You wish you scored move t- over t- Travis t- Kelsey. <laughs> no, but he's, he, how about this? He's move over Cal- Travis Kelsey so I can stand next to you from a production standpoint. I mean, Travis Kelsey did have one game where he scored four touchdowns, I believe, this year in one game. But th- th- this guy's insane now. George Kittle went from being the best run-blocking tight end who could actually make plays, but for whatever reason in this offense doesn't, to the best run-blocking tight end who is also the biggest threat to score a touchdown against you at any particular time he gets thrown a football. Brock Purdy's got a little something to do with that. I mean, he just sees what's in front of him and executes it. And if it was as easy for any quarterback to do that in this system, C.J. Beathard would still be here. Nick Mullins would still be here. Trey Lance would have looked better in the small little windows that we've seen him through. Hell, Brian Hoyer might still be here if it were just anybody could do this. I haven't seen anybody do this better than Brock Purdy. He looks perfect for what Kyle wants done and the way he wants it done. And unlike Jimmy Garoppolo, who needs to answer questions about, well, you only threw the ball how many times in an NFC title game, even though Raheem Mostert was running over everything and everyone? That that question's never going to be asked to Brock Purdy, which makes Brock Purdy an even better fit. The outside, you say, demand of 49ers fans that their quarterback be a gaudy number producer and great on his own, independent of the rest of the team, I don't think that's ever going to be attached to Brock Purdy. And it might not be. And in two years, people will be complaining that he's not dynamic enough for him because that's what fans do. Unless he is a part of it. And this would have gone like this for Jimmy. You put one trophy that's sparkly and silver in that trophy case, your life just got easier. The minute-to-minute breathless you know, reassessment of who you are goes away if you have a Lombardi trophy. It goes away about Kyle, obviously. It will go away about Brock Purdy. It would change the feeling, tenor, and tone of everything around the franchise forever. Remember, Steve Young, Hall of Fame level, most accurate passer the league ever saw wasn't good enough. Until he put a Lombardi trophy in there. And then, oh, we're good with Steve. He can stay. And yet, Joe Montana won three of those. And people were screaming for him to be replaced by Young two years before he left. There's, it's not just winning the, winning the ring that gets you that. It's winning it all the time. And then people start projecting, well, you're starting to get old now. And we've got this other guy, and we really like him, and we want to see him. Because there is also the fascination with the quarterback who isn't playing. The 49ers don't have that fascination right now because they don't have the young guy who isn't playing. He's playing. But in two years, let's let's say your scenario plays out, and they draft some promising young nitwit from, you know, dead cow state, they're going to want to see that too. Because fans are habitual. They always want to know what's next. And they don't tend to enjoy what's going on now. I mean, right now, everything about Brock Purdy is new and exciting. But in two years, they'll absolutely turn. They'll go, I want to see something new. Because they have the attention span of hummingbirds. Unless they win a championship. Even if they win a championship. Because 
I mean, the dumbest. You weren't here when the dumbest fans. Sure, the no. single dumbest group of fans out there. You're right, but the single dumbest group of fans out there tends to be the majority because I watched it happen with Joe Montana, who is still the best quarterback this franchise has ever had by light years. They wanted it. They wanted the transition. We just traded for Steve Young. Let's get him in there. They couldn't wait. You had an aging Montana. I mean, I'm not making excuses here, but you had an aging devastatingly injured at that point in his career, Joe Montana. No, I'm talking about 88 when they were winning the winning a Super Bowl. The next year, there were still people out there, and a fair number of them said, okay, that's a great way for him to go out. Now let's go with Young. This is not a sensible fan base, and it hasn't been throughout the history of the franchise because they want the quarterback who's not playing. Well, let me give you another reason that you might want to hold on to Brock, by the way, if he does really, you know, is the guy who is is part of the reason why the 49ers win a championship this year. I mean, to me, the fact that they're in the postseason should be your anything after that is gravy. But again, when you have the number one defense in football, you have a greater expectation for it. When you have a home game to set up your playoff run and probably even more than one home game in your playoff run. Price of poker goes up a little bit. I mean, to me, anything that would happen after an NFC title game is total gravy here. If if Brock Purdy and the 49ers reach the NFC championship, everything after that is house money, just in terms of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was asked about, you know, how has this all come together? Why are you playing so well? And and could you believe that you're doing this? And he, and he didn't want to hear any of it. Like, this guy's talking the way you want your quarterback talking going into the postseason. And that's obviously the main goal. It's been the goal really since these guys played last year um, before all the rookies and everyone got here. That's that's the main focus and goal. Obviously, throughout the year, you want to focus week to week, gain momentum and things like that. But obviously, we're at the point in the season where it's, man, uh, regular season's over and now the tournament starts. And this is, you know, the real ball that really matters every single day is going to be vital in terms of getting better and, you know, being able to understand what what our opponent's going to be doing. Like, it matters. So, Coach definitely stressed that to us after the game today, and, you know, we're already getting ready for what's to come. There you go. Get ready for what's to come. What's coming is Seattle, obviously. By the way, the way that youth is being served this postseason is really something else. And I'm not just talking about quarterbacking age. I'm also talking about coaching tenures. Ray, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the old man in the AFC group, right? He's 27. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are 26. Lamar Jackson is 25. Justin Herbert is 24. And Trevor Lawrence is 23. There's going to be a lot of good quarterback play out of that group of guys in the next four or five years down the road. It's pretty exciting. You want to project this out to Brock Purdy? He's 23. He's 23 years old. You need to go a little younger than that? Well, guess what? Trey Lance is 22. There's youth being served. This is going to be an incredibly young quarterback room next year if Garoppolo isn't in it. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance is also the best-priced quarterbacking room by far you're going to find in all of football. Youth being served in terms of coaches, Ray. New head coaches. 
guys who got the job this year reached the playoffs 50% of the time. Of the 10 head coaches hired in the past offseason, five made the playoffs in year one. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? Might be an element of luck, too. Let's see what they do next year, but it is interesting. So, of the guys who in their first year coached a team into the postseason, there is no doubt that Brian Dayball did the most with the least. The Giants have the least talented roster in the playoffs. It, it just looks like it on paper anyways. And Brian Dable's got him in there. Kevin O'Connell of the Vikings, he was probably the most set up for success on day one. Doug Peterson of the Jaguars shows, number one, how good he is. Number two, that Philadelphia might have erred moving on, although Sirianni just had a very good year. And how bad Urban Meyer truly was at all of this. So Doug Peterson is kind of fascinating. He wasn't a first-time head coach, though. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins snuck in the back door, but no apologies needed there. Todd Bowles of the Bucks, Like, he made the dance thanks to a bad division. There is no doubt about that. But he overcame a boatload of problems, including a superstar quarterback separation from his wife. Like, the... the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had probably not going to the playoffs written all over them all year long. And yet here they are in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's yeah, there were there were good, two there were good to live in the worst zip code there is. Yeah, there were two divisions that should have produced no playoff teams. But the rules require that some somebody make it. Should as the NFL thinks about expanding, you know, it's 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 playoffs eventually cuz I mean they just did it this year, they're going to do it again. Maybe it's time to eliminate any team that doesn't, you know, the, the the way the NBA did. Like the NBA basically said, "Yeah, if you win your division, you're in the playoffs, but technically you can win your division, go to the play-in tournament, not win that, and then we're going to seed this sucker without you." I suppose they could do that, but I think they like the idea of the artificiality of division races. I mean, we spent a lot of time over the year, oh, the 49ers is a big divisional matchup, you know. I think leagues like that as a as a potential narrative driver. I think it's great for a regular season narrative. In the postseason, I don't want anything but the best available. I don't care where you come from. Well, then you should probably trim the playoffs back a bit. We should. Because there are about six teams in this group of 14, unsightly. One of the, uh, to me, biggest crimes ever perpetrated on the American sports fan was, we're going to expand the playoffs because that's what everybody wants. And more playoffs equal automatically more eyeballs, which equals automatically more profits and good. I I wish it weren't that way. I am totally cool with throwing two teams that are undeserving right the hell out. Yeah, the, the especially M- in baseball. Baseball. Try try the NBA. Well, at least twenty the NBA's teams. Got a twenty teams in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's obnoxious. Yeah, it's I mean obnoxious. the fact is the perfect number is sixteen for the two winter sports. Uh, NFL could do perfectly well with eight. Um, baseball could do well with with eight as well. I mean, just it's if you're worried about quality of playoff teams, you're about to see this weekend at least four teams that shouldn't have gotten a sniff. 
because I don't see a lot of these games being very close. And the close ones are going to be ugly. But the crazy thing is about football, more than any other sport, it is the any other, you know, any given Sunday sport there really is. One of those teams that you think is going to be dead on arrival is winning. I mean, that's just the way this league works now. It's the way the league has worked for years. Every time you expect one thing to happen, the other thing happens to the point where we shouldn't even be surprised by it. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a universal law. There will be an upset. But the differences between the good teams and the bad ones in this round are profound. I mean, I'm not talking about you know, Chargers, Jaguars. The Chargers are one of those weird teams that you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. But 49ers, Seahawks, that should not be close. Because we've seen that thing play out twice, and Seattle is no better now than they were in week 15 or week 2. They are an ordinary team that got in because somebody had to. And because it's better that they... Because they, Dan they play Campbell's than biting kneecaps, Ray. Well, <laughs> you know. Got to respect the kneecap biter. Let him get in the playoffs first. Although I did like the fact last night when they talked to him during the game. They said, you know, your team, you know, has already been eliminated from the playoffs. I just, I just want to beat those guys. He's one of those classic football meatheads who knows what's in front of him and only what's in front of him. And so far it's sold pretty well. Certainly sold to his players. By the way, that's going to bring us to Lovey Smith. And what may be the single worst victory in football regular season history. That's coming up as we wrap up our show with some news on the Warriors. I know you're going to want to hear and a signing the San Francisco Giants actually made that if I didn't tell you about it, probably no one would. It ain't sexy, but it's actually kind of a good signing. And we'll get into all that in our final segment, which is right around the corner here on Damon and Rattle. We're brought to you by CalHope.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Glendale brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. I'll tell you what's working for you next here on 95.7 The Game. It's Mark Grandy. Grandy is hosting Best of Ray, which is going to feature our conversation with Michael Irvin, Lorenzo Neal stopping on by with Steiny and Guru. And then apparently you and I had such a dazzling conversation about Christian McCaffrey. That is also made the best of. So that's coming up next. He's just filling time so he doesn't have to do as much work. Amen. Mark Grandy, smarter than the average bear. Coming up next. Did you see that? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm speaking out in favor of, in, of bears in that case. <laughs> Did you see that uh, LaMichael James got elected to the College Football Hall of Fame? Go Ducks. There you go. I did. Very deserving. Go Ducks. Yeah. Should not have gotten Super Bowl touches, but it happened. Um, we'll worry about that another day. Uh, you can worry about it. I'm never going to be interested in that. Lucas, by the way, is uh, is officially back, and it's good to have you back, Lucas. Glad you're feeling much better. Thanks. Reggie just tweeted out that he's getting in next year. Reggie, here's the thing. Reggie Bush. The minute Reggie Bush gets in there, you got to give him his Heisman back. You cannot be in the Hall of Fame and have your Heisman stripped from you. Um, I mean, he broke the rules. We all know what the rules were, and he broke them. But so well, USC broke the rules. Yeah, well, so did his family, which got its mail at a house that they didn't belong in. Well, who put him there? Very good point. Yeah, see, that that's that that's why I have a problem with the Reggie Bush thing, is SC gets to operate like nothing ever happened. It's amazing how LaMichael James almost looked a little bit like Reggie Bush when he was in college, and one guy had an NFL career, and the other guy was in and out of the league like that. Nothing proves you can play in this league until you get to this league. Oh, by the way, guess who could be playing for the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night? I well, Michael James. No. First name Stephen, last name Curry. He came into my life, now everything is less blurry. Oh, Steph, Steph, Curry, Steph. So Curry could be back tomorrow. A lot of signs pointed towards him rejoining the team as it left for a road trip in San Antonio, where they're trying to set some attendance record. Um, but uh, Curry may be playing. He is listed as probable tomorrow night against the Phoenix Suns. Given the fact that the Warriors just dropped games to Detroit and Orlando, you got to be kidding me, losses. Um, getting swept by two of the worst teams in the sport. I mean, these are, you know, Victor Webinyama uh, pole position sitters, basically. And, uh, and, and the Warriors got swept by him. But hey... They did get Andrew Wiggins back, which feels significant. Maybe less significant. They got 12 
shotless minutes out of Andre Iguodala. <laughs> they got that going for him. Uh, we spent last week talking about them getting three games above 500 for the first time this season. They've slid back to 20 and 20 on the year again. Suns in town tomorrow night, and then a five game road trip starts Friday in San Antonio, Chicago, Washington, Boston, then Cleveland. That that's got two and three. You hope written all over it. Yeah, I would jump to no conclusions about two wins. I mean, I mean, they have a better chance against Phoenix tomorrow night since the Suns have lost fifteen of their last twenty. And it's a you know a home game where, right up until you start losing to Detroit and Orlando, you think, well, you're a really good team at home, and they still can be. It's it's so obvious that there aren't many NF NBA teams taking this year too seriously yet. I'm looking forward to the price of poker going up in this league, especially with the prices that people are paying to attend this league. Play harder, play better. Games need to start mattering somewhere around that 40 games in mark, you would think? Uh, it's going to be later than that. It always is later. It's usually after the All-Star break. So we're talking like 52 throwaways and 30 that matter now? Yeah, closer to 60. Gah. By the way, uh, closer to 60 is still the fade the public gambling segment. A profitable 58% winners, but Ray, we were undone by the public, which got one right. The Rams were uh, uh, six-point uh, favorite. They were getting six against yeah, the Seahawks. Were so we were on the Seahawks minus six at home against the Rams, and obviously that game went to overtime, so it did not hit. But fade the public still hitting at 58% this year, which is better than any tout service is doing in America with their picks. So... I feel like we've accomplished something, don't you? Well, the public's accomplished something. They know nothing for the 900th year in a row. Well, you know, at least we decided to take advantage of it and identify it. Uh, one other thing to let you know about today, the San Francisco Giants have signed right-handed relief pitcher Luke Jackson to a two-year, $11.5 million deal with the club option in 2025. Now, he had a 198 career-low ERA and helped the Braves win the 2021 World Series. He was actually a pretty good setup man for them along the way, but he did miss last season with Tommy John, but it's one of those... Signings on the margin that doesn't sell a ticket and doesn't make anyone lean forward. Ray, the San Francisco 49ers bullpen got a little bit better today. No, it didn't. Uh, the, the San Francisco Giants bullpen got a little bit better today. Conceivably. Conceivably better. Well, I mean, the one of the things about Luke Jackson is he throws the ball very hard, but he can be all over the place. It's one of the reasons why he didn't have a more prominent role in the Braves bullpen. So we'll see if, we'll see, A, how much velocity he may have lost due to the surgery, and B, if he hasn't lost any, can he get his control to where it needs to be? Because even in San Francisco, where the ballpark is bigger than most, you got to keep guys off bases. And he liked to walk guys. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up with this from the 510 on the Xfinity Mobile text line saying, I have been a fan of the 49ers for 34 years, but I hope the rookie falls flat on his face because I don't like the Jimmy Garoppolo disrespect. You're a moron. You're not a fan. Don't call yourself a 49er fan because you don't understand how any of this works. Whatever personal grudges 
you may have against the way things are going, you lay them down in the postseason when you got the best defense in football, a two-seed, and a 10-game winning streak, you dunce. Be whatever kind of fan you want. No, I that's don't just care. A, that's why I, I just... I, it's a craptastic level of fandom that isn't even required for entry here. That's just... You, no, I mean, look, I don't... I don't. Insane. I don't agree with it either, but as long as I don't have to sit at the bar stool next to the guy, let him believe what he wants. I, there I, are way worse things to believe in, like the new Speaker of the House. Oh, don't get political, right? By the way, you Too want late some, for that? You want something to believe in? Well, Ray, for the first time since 1947, we're talking the end of World War II. The Bears will have the number one pick in the draft, and the only reason why they have the number one pick in the draft is because Lovey Smith went out and got the worst win, maybe measurably in the history of football, which denied the Texans the number one spot to control the draft where they need the quarterback who will probably be sitting. Now the Texans probably have to put multiple picks on the table because the Colts will probably put multiple picks on the table. There could be three or four other teams putting multiple picks on the table thinking that they're going to win the Bryce Young sweepstakes. And the Bears... Because of the number one overall pick, not only control the NFL draft, but they have the most amount of cap space. They control free agency. Ryan Poles has a chance to actually get an offseason right. Not, not, not a prayer. The last guy to get picked first in the draft by the Bears played 10 games and then quit to get into insurance. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, go ahead and give me the breaking news that we got before we go. Brandon Belt will be signing a one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Susan Slusser had it first. Au revoir, Brandon Belt. Au revoir. Wow. One-year deal with the Blue Jays. Cubs got Eric Hosmer. Jealous? I don't know. Are you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is I'm glad we got that piece of news in he's a forever giant and obviously Lovey Smith is a forever bear that's the biggest win he ever picked up as their head coach or not as their head coach he did the, the right thing he knew he was getting fired anyway he owed the Texans nothing you're right he did that football coach is supposed to win the game they're coaching in ain't that right Dan Campbell and he would say and then they get yes. blamed when they lose absolutely that's the way it all goes Thanks so much for Michael Irvin for joining us. Stick around because he's going to be part of Best Of, hosted by the one and only Mark Randy coming up next year on 95.7 The Game. For Lucas, for Mark, for Ray, I'm Damon. Please do remember, sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 